was reminded this morning as I was interacting with uh, some of the little ones uh, coming in that there is a channel on YouTube where you can watch people open packages. Moms and dads, how many of you have had the experience of watching other people's children open toys with your little one? Okay, I apologize that we have come to that as a society. There's a great chance that you have already done that today. Maybe you did that last night or yesterday morning, the perks of being a pastor's kid. Or you plan to do some unwrapping in a little bit. We read earlier from John chapter 1. It's one of my favorite Christmas texts, and sometimes we don't even realize that it is a Christmas text. In John 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When we read through the Old Testament, God's Word is His powerful expression of Himself. The prophet spoke with boldness because it was backed with the Word of the Lord. Without the word of the Lord, they had no thus says the Lord. Now, however, God's word is his full confession in the flesh, the power of the word of God in a helpless, innocent baby. The word that we get there for logos in the Greek, it's the idea that God is omnipresent. He's, it's the omnipresent wisdom of God by which all things are steered and directed. One uh, commentator says that it's the, the Logos is the agent of creation. He's the captain and the pilot of the entirety of the universe. So think about that with me for just a moment. The omnipresent wisdom of God wrapped in a baby. The agent of creation. An innocent baby. The captain and pilot of the universe. A baby. I, It's overwhelming, really, when you think about it, that God would choose to declare himself in this way. Now, this is the least familiar of the Christmas stories. In Luke chapter 2, we get the most familiar. Think about that with me. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in clothes. And laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born to you who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angel had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem. And see what has happened, 
which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all of these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Verse 2 reads that He was in the beginning with God. God in the flesh comes into this manger. In a world where there's a man named Caesar who already thinks that he is God, God intervenes, God intersects, God intercepts our world. When it tells us that Mary was pregnant, what we can, can infer because of the totality of the scriptures is she is pregnant with God in the flesh. And when she gives birth in verse 7, that she gives birth to God the Son. He was in the beginning with God and now he is in a manger with Mary and Joseph. He is in a manger and they are looking down at him. Verse 3 of John, All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. He made everything. This one who would be with us as a baby in this innocent, helpless place made every single thing. He made the inexplicable things like stars that are above the manger in every Christmas card that you receive. This baby made the water that he will one day walk on. This baby made the mountains. This baby made the materials used to build his manger. This baby made the thorns that would eventually pierce his brow. This baby made the tree from which his cross would be made. All of those things were made through him. This baby who was the Word in the beginning with God and who was God. In him, this baby, was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness does not overcome it. The piercing light intercepts the world and is there for us to do one of two things with. We either reject it or we respond and accept it. We will see in this text that Jesus is showing us to himself, showing us who he is. This one who would present himself as an innocent, helpless child is the creator of all things. Verse 14, we see where John, the writer of the book of John, brings it full circle and says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It actually reads that he tabernacled among us. I had a conversation with a church member earlier this week. They could not play basketball with a group of us because they were going camping. In a world where we have perfectly good houses, someone chooses to sleep in the woods. God tabernacling is tied to the book of Exodus. Verse 20, chapter 25 through 40 of Exodus tells us the whole story where God gives Moses specific instructions for the tabernacle that will eventually influence the whole of the temple. Moses receives these instructions from the ever-present God who will one day show himself to be God with us. He walked back to a people who have forgotten about him. But this tabernacle that Moses is going to have instructions to build is really pointing to, it is a sign for this Jesus, the baby. The baby is the tabernacle. 
This baby is the temple that will one day be destroyed and rebuilt. This baby is the light in the darkness. This baby is the door through which we enter. This baby is the blood on the mercy seat that we see in the book of Exodus. This baby is the bread on the table. This baby is the lamb to be sacrificed. This baby is a great high priest who will offer himself up as the great sacrifice for our sin. This baby is the glory of God fully revealed. Verse 14 continues. It says, We observe his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In this baby, we get to see who God is and see how God's grace works and how there is nowhere in this world where we can avoid the grace of God. The general grace of God to each and every one of us who live and breathe, even when we're far from Him, God's grace has been shown to you. The particular grace of God shown to those of us who have placed our faith and trust in the person of Jesus. We get to see the gracious glory of God. The the priests, they didn't get to see that every day. The high priest who we see in the Old Testament, he got to see the glory of God one time every single day year John the writer of the book of John he gets to see the glory of God in a different way as he walks the streets of Jerusalem with him every day he's on a fishing boat with the glory of God he's on a fishing boat with Jesus fully grown Mary and Joseph they are looking into a manger at the glory of God in the least glorious of places. Because the redemption of the world means that God comes to us in the least glorious of ways. Mary and Joseph are looking down at the glory of God. And one day they will hold him. One day when, when he cries, they will console him. We read in the scriptures that they teach him. One day they will lose him and then they will find him teaching Before the incarnation of Jesus, the glory of God was something that you wanted. And now the glory of God is someone each and every one of us have the possibility to know because of this baby. Verse 16, Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace. The multiplied grace of God. The fullness of God's grace. When I moved to Texas almost six years ago, I had no idea as to the extremes that I would experience in the Gulf of Texas. I shared the other day that I saw mosquitoes when I was covering up my water hose for a freeze. Uh, On Tuesday, everywhere that I looked, there were mosquitoes. There was nowhere you could go that you could avoid mosquitoes. It was as if the mosquitoes had received sweater vests for Christmas. Everywhere you went, that's where they were. Now, everywhere you go, it's cold. You look to the north, it's cold. You look to the south, it's cold. It is cold every single place. God's grace is unique because it's like that. There's nowhere that we go where we can avoid it in this world. The fact that He would come to us is grace. The fact that He is dealing, that He would choose to deal with our sin is grace. In the discipline that He uses to redirect you toward Himself, that is even the grace of God. Verse 17, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth have come to us through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. Jesus has revealed him. That phrase, he has revealed him, is not technically there in the original language. It's an inferred phrase. We're, we're meant to understand it. John meant for us to get that. But it's this poetic language. It just basically reads, the one who's at the Father's side... 
exegetes. If you're a Bible nerd, please don't drive your family crazy today talking about wise men not being in Bethlehem or whatever. Exegetes is a word that really lets us know that Jesus unfolds for us who God is. We cannot know this God, the great cosmic God who created everything apart from Jesus. He enwraps Him. He shows us fully and wholly who this fully holy God is. The baby wrapped tightly in swaddling clothes has unwrapped for us the mystery of God. He has shown to us who God is. That's what we celebrate today as we think about Christmas. That God came to meet with us by becoming flesh and dwelling among us. I want to pray for us. Father, we thank you for the chance that we get to spend time in your word, a good word that is true. And I pray for our family of faith here at Grace and our extended family that have come to be with our family of faith. I pray that we will celebrate the goodness of the Christmas story. And I pray that you will help us to see and know the beauty of your good news. We ask all of this in your name, Jesus, the one who became flesh and dwelled among us. And all of us stand together.